This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Monday night's Tilton Talk Show. Yes, we're back, our regular Monday night slot, sponsored by Affordable Cars of Tamworth. Well, I wonder what we're going to talk about tonight. Well, I'll just introduce you to the panel and the legends who are with me tonight. So we'll start with the puppeteer himself, Mr. Chris Brown. Good evening. <laughs> hey, right, Chris. Uh, we've got Mr. Paul Hipkiss. Evening, all. We are joined by Craig Courtney. We're also joined by, all the way from America, our all-American hero, Mr. Mark Meredith. Hey, guys. How are you? Sorry, I was having some issues then with the sound, but all good here. Thanks. Uh, great to be back. It's because I called you a hero. You got all flustered. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's exactly what it was. And the 2024 first appearance for Claire Giblin. Hello, good evening. You all Claire? And yeah, fabulous we... after today, yeah. Oh, no, it's like a late present, isn't it? Yeah. Chairman of the board, Alan Watton. Good evening. Hi, Alan. And... Last but definitely not least, we've got our special guest tonight, Mr. Tommy Mooney. Hi, Tommy. All right, settle down, everyone. Thanks for joining us, Tommy. <laughs> um, just, I'm just wondering what we're going to talk about tonight because not a lot to really happen, does it? Nothing. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> It's all, it's all gone quiet in the Western Front. Uh, Mr. Tony Mowbray is not a guest, but we're going to be talking about him first, I think. Um, what's everyone's thoughts? Because I'm, I'm quite chuffed, to be honest. wasn't wasn't quite Steve Cooper we were, you know, sort of talking about. But um, I'll go to uh, Paul first. Paul, what do you reckon? I'm over the moon, mate. I really am. I mean, I think Tony now, obviously, is, what, 60? And he's obviously got good knowledge of this division. He's got promotions on his CV. He's got playoffs on his CV. He's took clubs, obviously, you know, sort of uh, the mainly at the top end. He's never really done a bad job, has he, wherever he's been. And um, he, he knows the club as well, I think. You know, having been in the Midlands, in and around the Midlands with the Baggies, I think uh, he'll have a sound knowledge of our club as well. And he, he would have played against us here in his playing career as well. I seem to remember him playing for Ipswich against us back in the 90s as well, when he was coming yeah. towards the end of his career as well. And, uh, yeah, no, I'm over the moon with that, to be honest. And I think... Uh, That'll stabilise us now. He'll steady the ship and it'll be interesting to see, you know, if we can hopefully get a new manager bounce now and start to, you know, climb up the table a little bit and get a few results. And uh, I'm looking forward to the game on uh, on Saturday now. Yeah, it's, it's brought that buzz back, hasn't it? Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's not 
it's not like a, a chore, you know. But I mean, uh, Craig, what do you think? I mean, to bring somebody in with his experience in the league is a huge bonus for us, first of all. And yeah, all the all the sound and all the noise was around Cooper. But actually, I think with uh, a win ratio in the league of over 40%, you know, Mowbray brings an equivalent stature. Um, and speaking to a couple of Sunderland fans, you know, they were sad to lose him. So their loss is most definitely our gain. Um, mm -hmm. He also seems really, really up for this role, which we desperately need at this present moment. And uh, yeah, let's let's hope for that climb up the league and, and hit the ground running uh, on on Saturday. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean he has mm -hmm. got a great great pedigree. Um, I mean, I'll come to you, Tommy. You're next. What, what, what have you had any dealings with him, or what, what's your take on it? I, first and foremost, I think it's a fabulous appointment. I have to say, he's had uh, relevant success at every club he's been at as a manager and to a certain extent as a player. Um, I, my memories of him go back a long way. He was the, the youngest club captain at Middlesbrough when I was a schoolboy there. Oh, really? So I, I met him in my early teenage years um, and then went on to play against him. I did... Rather stupidly, I put the end of my nose on the end of his elbow too many times. <laughs> you don't, there's no messing about with Tony. Uh, I can promise you that. And, and certainly I know people that have played for him as a manager. I've played against his teams as a manager. Um, I, think, I think it's a really, really good appointment. And both him and Mark Venus that I perhaps know a little bit better due to my, my previous loan manager's role. Um, I think they're a good team and I'm looking forward to seeing how they adapt and how the squad adapts to their style of play. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it wasn't the big name, the big sort of glitzy name that we've had in recent years, but um, going over to you in America, Mark, what was your take on it? I mean, is it, there anybody talked about it over there much? No, not really. Obviously, we've not had the uh, the same amount of, um, I suppose, media coverage, even on Sky back in England, I think, with when Rooney taken over. But obviously, from a, point, a fan's point of view, I echo everything everyone else is saying. I'm delighted with it. I think, you know, we know that there was an, a disaster with Wayne Rooney and, and now he's obviously moved on. And I think it was time to bring in some somebody that would steady the ship, so to speak, and, and have some experience and... Um, that sort of thing in the game, you know, his knowledge seems to be fantastic. Um, I think he, his results with other clubs and promotions and things speak for itself. And I just hope that um, he comes in and works with the group. We, you know, we've said over the last couple of months before Rooney took over how excited we was for this talent and group of players that we have. You know, I think we lost a lot of confidence under Wayne Rooney and that little era. But I just hope now that he can come in and, and build back up. You know, he's got a great um, CV of working with young players, which is fantastic for a club like ours, because I think we've got a lot of young players coming through. I think, you know, Steve Steve Spooner, when he took over last week, mentioned that as well about the young players. And and hopefully uh, Tony will come in and, and do a great job and and hopefully we'll start to. I think our season took a real big dip and it'll be. I think it's hard now to even expect anything um, too high but if we can start moving up the table again we'll be pleased and it'll give him a summer then to work with his new players and, and whatever else and, and push again for next year yeah, coming, just coming back on to Wayne Rooney sorry Mark um, what are your thoughts on that Tommy on Wayne's 15 games with us where, where do you think it went wrong 
I think you could see what he wanted his players to do. I think yeah. uh, he, he just didn't have the players to play the way that he wanted to play. So there Absolutely. has to be a point where the manager adapts his style to the players yeah. that he's got. Essentially, it's the players that win, lose or draw. It's not the manager yeah. that does that. Yeah. So, you know, the players have to accept responsibility for the, the individual errors that have cost goals. Having done the commentary several times now this season, you know, I've seen them make elementary mistakes that have cost, yeah. whether that be goals or points. That's mm. the, the facts of it are that. But I think what you get with Tony and Mark is that they'll adapt more to the players they've got. It's interesting that they've done it now with a couple of weeks left of the window. So whether there's more investment and more players, because if they'd spent money on players that could fit into the Rooney style of play and then got rid of him, it would have been an even bigger mistake. Yeah. So I think that they've done it at the right time. If I get some of you guys think it's a little bit late, but I do think there was there was improvements in the last couple of weeks. The last couple of games that I've done, I think Plymouth, I did um, the Ipswich game, Plymouth, and then Saturday's game. You could see what was trying to happen. And I think that, you know, Spoons set the team up on Saturday to be more structured, not chasing so high, not trying to attack so much from the front. And you put Jukovic in the team, you know what you can get. He's, he does what it says on the tin. So yep. I think you'll see more of that from Tony and Mark. And, you know, you just need everybody to get behind whoever's in charge because I've said it several times, St Andrews, when it's full and it's bouncing, is one of the best stadiums in the EFL. Yeah. It's just for the atmosphere, for you guys, what you do to it. And I've been there as a as an opposition player as well, and it's scary. Mm. So whatever happens, we have to get more bums on seats and everybody behind the manager and the players. And At this stage of the season, it sounds daft. Everybody's worried about the bottom of the table, but you're four wins off the playoffs as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All, Not a million miles away, is it? All of the games coming up at Easter, that's a week. A week's yeah. result, you can pick 12 points up. Yeah. And I yeah. genuinely believe, you look at what Tony did with Sunderland, I, I can't think of a better man for the job at the moment. No. no. I mean, yeah. sorry, Paul, I was going to say, Claire, you went up to Holland Saturday. What was the mood like up there amongst the fans? Did you sort of gauge any sort of reaction to the Compared to Leeds, it was a totally different ball game. Um, I mean, Leeds, it was toxic. It hasn't been like that since the Zola era or Cottrell. Um, I think that with all of the, you know, you heard the chants that we all sang, it was very, very toxic. But I'm just so glad that we've got someone with experience. I mean, Spooner did a fantastic job on Saturday. They came out, they played. We even tried to play from the back. But then when they pressurised us, we we hit it forward and we did look better and the players wanted it. I mean, you had Dion Sanderson coming, you know, driving forward and hitting a great shot and the goalkeeper saved it. I just yeah. think that it's brilliant that we've got someone who's experienced. Um, I think, you know, his stats speak for himself, but I think the players will respect him as well because I think that respect respecting a manager is massive. Um yeah. I think with everything that he's done and also it just stops everybody thinking oh who's going who's it going to be he's got now a week to work with them and we'll see what happened on Saturday but it's really positive and everyone's buzzing I feel like 
the Rooney bit was a massive blip, but then all of a sudden we're going to get through it. And I feel like we're back on the rise again. So, yeah. you know, before we asked each other about the numbers on the pitch and everything, I bet you our numbers have already gone up, even just yeah. knowing it's Mowbray. So, and after going to Sunderland and watching how they play, it is exciting to hopefully see what he can do. And it's the fact that he said with these talented players, he's wearing the blue stuff already. Yeah. He's not daft. He knows what he's doing. He's been there. He's been around the block. He knows what he's doing. Like, you know, he's already said about us, the fans, because without us, you wouldn't have a football club. So I'm just really happy with it. And I'm just glad that that era's over and we don't need to talk about him anymore. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I mean, like I say, I mean, talking of experience, better bring Alan in. Alan, what's your take on it? <laughs> on Saturday or today. <laughs> First of all, I, on, on, on the appointment, I, I, I wouldn't say I'm excited, but I'm I'm extremely satisfied, put it that way. We got the best bloke out of the ones that was available, or the second best bloke. Uh, obviously, Cooper didn't, didn't want to come. Uh, and... This guy did, and I'm happy with that. Uh, I, I, I'm a great one for statistics, and if he wins 40% of our games, we'll have over 50 points by the end of the season. If we get a few draws, we might get near 60. Who knows? Um, as for Saturday, it was like waking up from a bad dream. Uh, I'm watching this. I said, hello, we've got, we've got people defending, and... We're not chasing the ball around like lunatics at the top of the pitch and then getting passed through, and suddenly we're under pressure with only five defenders. Mm. Uh, and I and I've watched that, and I, I that they sort of they sort of threw at the front, four in the middle, and stood there and made mm. Hall go round us. <coughs> and I and I watched I watched uh, the, the other team in the city playing Middlesbrough, and Middlesbrough did exactly the same. They let they let the opposition have the ball, and it finished up with. The Villa centre half with his foot on the ball, and and the game stopped for a minute. You know he, he had nowhere to go. Now that's what we did, and that's what Liverpool did against Arsenal. You know mm. I'm thinking this is this is this is what this is what's been going wrong. We've been chasing shadows, and people are passing us off the park. Now we stood back, and we we didn't start harrying them till they got near our halfway line, which means everything is compact, and if they pass the ball into the midfield, we've got four blokes there, and we've got another four blokes behind them, and 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 and, and Hall ne ne never never really broke, broke through until the last minute, um, and that should have been saved. Uh. But uh, it, it, it was, uh, it, I, I, I literally, I couldn't, I couldn't recognise what was going on on the pitch. It was, it was so good for Positive. 87 minutes, let's put it that way. Mm. Uh, I, 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 I sat there and watched it, and I thought, it's like never going to score against us. They don't look like scoring against us. And every time we break on them, we do look like scoring. Now, go back to the old, we're a, we're a one-goal game team, and we still are a one-goal game team. If we'd have scored two, you know, they'd have, they'd have packed up because mm. they were nowhere to go. Only the fact that we couldn't convert our chances. And that's mm. that's been a problem Long before Wayne Rooney ever um, came near us, you know, it's been a, it's it's been a problem for two years at least that we can't convert a high enough percentage of our chances into goals. Now that's something that 
Tony Mowbray will have to look into. If we can find somebody uh, who can, you know, get if 10 only... goals between now and the end of the season, great. But hey, if he I'll... can't, he's, he's got to coach... He's got to coach the people who he has got uh, uh, into into score. You know, we we need another ten out of Stansfield. We need we, we need another five or six off Dembele. We need uh, you know, and so on and so forth. Um, and that's that's what I'm looking. That's what I should be looking for uh, on Saturday. What's yeah. what is our goal con conversion rate? Can we what? improve on that? Yeah. If you 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 can you can you can set up a defensive formation uh, and make sure you know you don't get beat by too many, but that's no good. You've got to score. You've got to score some goals. What do you reckon, Tommy? If only you know, we had a left-sided player who could get sixteen goals a season, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you know? Do you know anyone, Tommy? <laughs> <laughs> I used to a long time ago. No, <laughs> not anymore. I think I agree with everything that, that's, that's been said. I just think that, that what Tony will do is he'll see that issue. Yes, the strikers do need too many chances to score. Look at, you know, Duke at the weekend, he had three chances in the first half. Away from home, that's not what you expect as a striker. You don't expect that. And he, he probably missed his easiest one before yeah. he scored. Absolutely. So. If you've got a striker that scores with one every three chances, then give him six chances and he'll get two goals. So it's not rocket science. Get the ball in the box more rather than messing around with it. I, I've always said as a player, as a coach working in recruitment, I, I, the game of football bores me between the 18-yard boxes. Get the ball in the box and defend your own box. And the rest in between is just, you know, it's, it's just a means to an end. So I think the ball will go in the box. Look at how Sunderland played. Yes, they'll have an awful lot of possession under Tony Mowbray, but they put the ball in the box. And yeah. so when the ball goes into the box, you've got more chances for your strikers. So if it is that ratio, then they're going to get more goals. Yeah, That's what I would have always said as a player. If we're not scoring goals, it's because pe people are not putting it in the box. It'd never be my fault. You know that. <laughs> <laughs> Still part of the strikers' union. Just get it in the box and see if I can score. I mean, so that... I think the other players will do exactly the same. That's what happened with when Stansfield got his goals early. You know, he yeah. had he was given opportunities. He creates opportunities for himself where perhaps the, the likes of Jukovic and, and Hogan don't do that so much. I think you, there's an awful lot of improvement to come from Dembele. I, I get that the, the supporters love how his, his tricks and his flicks. I'm not interested in that. I want to see end product. He has far too much possession of the ball not to have more assists. So, in the same when Spoons played Stansfield on the right-hand side um, on Saturday, you know, he's got all of the all of the skills to create chances for other people as well as himself. So, I think there'll be a lot of work on the training ground done from getting the ball into good wide areas, into good goal-scoring areas, to create opportunities to score. I mean, I'm hoping we keep hold of Stansfield, to be honest, because he's been a revelation, hasn't he? The work he does down the channels. Um, I mean, Claire, going back to you again, what was the sort of situation with Jordan James? Did it seem like a, a final goodbye? Or, did it, you know, did it look like he was waving goodbyes at the end? 
No, not really. I think, you, you know, it was an FA Cup game, so it was nice to see, like, Gary Gardner get some minutes. And, I mean, I can't... It wasn't really a goodbye. I mean, this might change his mind. They might... He might say, actually, do you want going to stay? It's like Stansfield. Stansfield played the full 90. He played behind the striker who played on the right as well. I've got to admit, um, Long, Long coming back in, strengthened it. And I think Lee Buchanan had one of his best games for us. Um, I think defensively, we were solid. Even Drame was brilliant as well. Um, mm. Like awesome Yukovic played well. well. Yeah, great cross, great header. I just think that, you know, Dembele, uh, like Tommy said, sometimes he takes too long. Like if you ever watch like the Premier League, there's an extra pass in there instead of going for the shot and things like that. But Mopi's been around, you know, he's had Diallo, he made him into a good player and people like that. So we'll just wait and see and see what happens. But I don't I don't think it was really a goodbye for Jordan James. Um, hopefully we can keep him. Mopi might be like, we need to keep him and build a squad, you know, his squad around him. If we've got these young players, why do we need to keep selling them all the time? At least give him a couple of years and sell him for more. Let's, mm. you know, see what we can do. Get rid of some of the old wood that need to go and then build around, you know, the Jordan James and see if we can get Stansfield and people like that and then build up instead of keeping selling our young players and then going from there. Question, yeah. from, me. Question from me for everyone here and all our viewers as well. You're Tony Mowbray now. You've just walked into the training ground today. You've obviously took your first training session. And knowing the players like we do, and Tommy, I appreciate if you can't answer this being on COCOMs, but um, mm. who would be the first player? Or what position would you upgrade first? What, who, if, let's, let's say you've got to sign a play, but you've been given a budget to spend. I don't know how much that is, but what player would you focus on first as a priority to get into the team as, a, as say, an upgrade? Goalkeeper. Anyone disagree with that? I, I think, think a striker um, is is desperately needed. So you know to to play off Stansfield because Duke Dukey was phenomenal the weekend. It's prime example of play to people's strengths that we've been saying for weeks, right? And and there's still nobody better in the air that, than him. But can we get ninety minutes out of him week in and week out? No. So if there was somebody to come in of a a young, dare I say, a younger Duke. And somebody that's going to give that little bit that we can play with, and where Stansfield can latch onto, and mm-hmm. and the goal, the goals will come. The midfield, I think, he's really good at the moment. It's probably our strongest midfield for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Claire agree with the defence. F Efridge for me it was a shame. It was always a mistake in Efridge, and and that that's what cost us on Saturday. But you know, apart from that, he didn't put a foot wrong. So. Well, well, he hasn't played, has he? He hasn't well, played. No, he only plays in cup games, so you can tell why he's a bit shaky. I, I, yeah, think, yeah. I think for me, I think John Ruddy, I'm prepared to give John Ruddy a reset because the last 15 games, we just weren't playing away that suited John Ruddy's game. Um, you know, if you're asking John Ruddy to be a ball-playing sweeper-keeper, then that's not his game. So, mm. the way Tony Mowbray plays, I know he plays out from the back <coughs> as well, but it might suit him a bit better. So, I'm prepared to give Ruddy a... I think I agree with you, Craig. I think a striker, if we could get a striker in who could bag some goals for us between now and the end of the season, like you say, Tommy, we get the ball in the box, um, you know, and we, we start giving our striker more chances. But you want somebody on the end of it of a certain quality as well, don't you, who can put yeah. the ball away. So, well, um, did, 
I did see an article that said that Etheridge was our most uh, expensive player. He, mm. he His contract was worth more than any of the others. Now, if that's the case, then he's got to be shipped out um, somewhere uh, mm. on loan or whatever. But he's, yeah. he, we, we kind of, if, if we need to bring players that we want to pay that amount of money to, then he's got to, he's got to make way. So mm. when I say I don't agree with changing the goalkeeper, that, that's why, because he's going to go. And I suspect we may, we may get in a, either a number one and Ruddy drops down to two, or we get a, a number two or cost will be cheap, basically. But mm. it, it needs to be somebody experienced. I mean, um, you know, I wouldn't like, I mean, our defence looked solid on Saturday, but I wouldn't like to put a, a 20-year-old in goal behind no. that lot. You know, no. you, you, you need you need some nows. Um, no. And I can, I, can, I can see that shuffle taking place very quickly. Mm. Yeah. Sorry, Mark. We, 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 we definitely need a striker. And yeah, if yeah. we've got to pay what, you know, if we're going to pay the right kind of money for somebody, then, you know, you're um, certainly, you can't, you can't have a, a number two goalkeeper on your, <laughs> earning more than uh, anybody else who, who plays two games a year. It's just yeah. not on, is it? Well, it'll be alone, won't it? You won't let's be bring, let's bring Who American knows? Dad. Who knows? Let's bring, let's bring American daddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, I listen. I, I I agree. I I think I would give Ruddy a chance still. I think that um you know he has been a consistent performer throughout the season. We know we've had some struggles, but I agree with what Paul said. I think the change in the style of play didn't suit him. His positioning was a little bit off, and he's didn't look confident enough to be able to play that ball out, which we all know is isn't his style of game. So I don't mind Ruddy. Average again, depending on. I think I read something like he's got like seven more games before his bonus kicks in or whatever else. Then. If he's not going to play seven games, he's going to be a bench player. Then again, he's a great one to have around um, as a number two. But if he does go out, then I think you do have to bring somebody else in to sit on the bench. Um, I'd still like to see another centre back. I think you know we Lung came in and did a good job. Roberts is maybe injured. We don't really know where where Mark Roberts is right now. But I think maybe one there, definitely a striker. Um, more of a target striker, you know, more of a Djokovic like you, you guys have mentioned. You know, I think Stansfield can do a, a great job. I think Hogan could still do a job, honestly, if he stays around. Mm-hmm. Um, but having somebody who, who's a ball winner up there to to play off Stansfield, I think is is great because we, we can't keep relying on Juki now. Listen, I love Juki. He's been a great uh, ambassador and, and legend of the club now. Um, but you just can't you can't keep relying on him, you know, game after game. Um, so I'd like to see that somewhere. Um, and then obviously, depending on the JJ situation, if they do, you know, get some money for him, then I'd like to, them to spend, you know, a little bit on a another midfield player uh, just to come in and, and replace that a little bit. Um, yeah. But I don't think, I, don't, I, don't, I honestly don't think there'll be much transfer dealings in the next two or three weeks, honestly. I think a lot of it now will be, let's try to get maybe one or two in on loan. Um, and then let's, you know, push the players we've got until the end of the season. And then Mowbray's got his own summer to sit there with, you know, with with Venus and, and whoever else these the backroom staff and say, well, you know, what do we need for a real push next year? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're not, we're not going to make wholesale changes in January. I think there's a, a, a mm-hmm. thing around social media that we're going to go out and spend, you know, seven players in, 
in January. That's not going to happen, is it? Yeah. We've got to be realistic. Yeah. We've got to be clever and use the market a little bit, especially the low market. Well, um, we need to stop alone, don't we? Sorry, sorry, Claire. Maybe uh, we need to terminate one of the loans for certain players. That <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> I'm not. Any names. We know who we're talking about, but um, DB. yeah, I think some loans just haven't worked, and I'm sorry, but those you know. Just pointless, really. And what what showed is is that they never came on on Saturday either. So um, we'll see what uh, Mowbray thinks as well. I don't know whether he worked with him at Albion. I'm not sure, but no, it was, it was after. Go. I just yeah. We'll we'll, we'll see if uh, he gets chosen a lot. We know who that's we're one about. thing. That's one thing I picked up with when Spoons had his first interview after Rooney had gone, and he you know he mentioned that he had his own. His own idea, which every coach does, but he had his own ideas of how he wanted to play and who would play in the in the positions that he was bringing in. You know, he brought Long straight back, which we probably all know now was probably an argument between Long and Rooney. That's why Long wasn't around. But he had Long straight back in the team, and I thought he was one of our better performances on uh, performers on Saturday. Um, he didn't bring the likes of Burke on and, and those type of players. So I think maybe Spoon's seen a little bit like we were crying out for for weeks is that they weren't the type of players to keep bringing on off the bench. And someone like Long, we needed at centre-back because we were leaking too many goals and you still was trying to replace him every week because you didn't like him. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Think, what you, Tommy, what do you think, mate, with this, regards to our team? I know you've seen us a few times now this season. And uh, what, what, what do you think? I think the January window, I've been worked in recruitment for a long time now. I, the January, January window is notoriously hard to get in the players you want. I think if you're mid-table pushing for the playoffs, you probably spend a bit more money than you would in the position that the Blues are in now. Yeah. So ne very, very rarely, if ever, does a goalkeeper move in a January window. Um, so I, I think you, it, you pretty much, you've got your two goalkeepers till the end of the season. Jordan James is a massive, massive positive for me. So if they can keep hold of him, whether it's for FFP or whether it's his decision that he wants to go, I think you have to overlook that and keep him happy and get him in the team because he's a massive, massive talent. Um, striker is the most expensive part of the team to fill. We know that. Um but the spine of your team is is really judges the success that you have. So I think it's not a coincidence. Sanderson looks better with Long alongside it. Yeah. Mm. And then in the middle, you had Bielik and Gary Gardner in that 4-2-3-1. But then will Tony play that system? I think that's, as I referred to earlier on, that's the bonus of having two plus weeks worth of left of the transfer window is Tony can assess what he wants and then the club can spend an amount of money to get them to the summer window and then if Tony is everything that we hope he's going to be then they spend yeah I don't envisage this being a window where you know the new owners are just going to throw money at it I genuinely don't think that and I don't think they need to because they're not in that position to be pushing for an automatic spot or a playoff spot. Mm. But there is, you know, over the last three or four years, the recruitment's been bang average, if we're honest about it. Yeah. yeah. Now it's, now there seems to be people put in place that know what they're doing, mm. know what 
players fit what roles. Mm. So I'm, I'm far more I'm far more hopeful because Tony and Martinez I know are very very much um, in the middle of uh, recruitment policy, and they'll speak with whoever's in the recruitment department, whoever is the head of recruitment. Yeah, but they need to they need to get in players that are proven championship players. What I would say from the games that I've seen, if you've got Laird fit and Buchanan fit and Jordan James fit, they're getting any team in the Premier in the Championship. Mm-hmm. For me, I think Blues have got the two best fullbacks. I can't think of too many off the top of my head that are better than them. So if mm-hmm. you've got one really good centre back and another, and you've got Jordan James in the middle of the pitch, and I, I agree with you, you need somebody that scores more goals than one in every three or four chances. Well, that, 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 away. That, back, that back four that played on Saturday was the back four that was playing under Eustace. And mm. we weren't conceding goals no. for fun. You know, uh, and we it, it, it looked solid. Um, you know, there weren't any gaps. There, I, I, I always... I'm going back 20 years, probably. The the gap when we well certain That's time. Hey, no, 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 no. I'm just talking. I used to sit right, and I've I've always got left backs in front of me, and for and since who was left back when you played, Tom? Granger. Right. Well, since him, exactly. Since him, we've had a, a load of in, indifferent fullbacks. Indifferent, and you're going, you're looking at them and thinking, why isn't why isn't he why isn't he down that winger's trousers? You know, why is he giving him twenty yards to tap the ball? And why has somebody gone through that centre half and left back gap? And it used to happen over and over again, and that's what was happening recently. And the other thing I want I want to mention is Bielik. He, how much did we miss him for them three games? Now he doesn't get he doesn't get a lot of uh, praise, uh, and he, people question, well, what does he do? I'll tell you what he does. He doesn't pass the ball to the opposition, which our midfielders are prone to do. And he's six foot tall, and he stands in front of the the back four, and he heads he heads the ball, uh, and he tackles, and he passes. He passes the ball. Now, you know, unless unless something. Uh, is converted into a goal, then you forget that he's made that pass. All mm. you're thinking about is uh, whether the guy's scored or not. And you're thinking, well, that bloke's put three or four telling passes through and we haven't converted them. So Bielik's doing nothing. And that's mm. not right. He is. He's, he's, and and I, re- I remember when he got sent off thinking to myself, that's three bloody games he's going to miss because of this clown of a referee. Three bloody games, and and you we could we couldn't afford to do it without him, you know. Mm. But you, you talk about JJ when he's when he's running off either side of of, of Bielik, picking up the ball and going forward, and Bielik's in his you know, as I say, in the hole behind. We look at we look at far better side. Mm. Now we've had JJ doing that job, i.e., you know, in the hole. And that ain't that ain't what he's good at. What he's good at is bursting forward. Anyway, I'll shut up now.
I think on Saturday it proved if you play the players in the positions that they can play, we've got a yeah. good team. So, yeah. like, they end leads, you had Long on the bench, Buchanan in the middle, Longello on the left. And at yeah. the we played okay for the first 20 minutes and then it just went downhill from there. But it was so obvious, glaringly obvious, that some of these players were not playing in their positions. If you've yeah, got centre-off back, right back there on the bench, play him. Don't move your left back. One of the best left backs in, you know, the championship and move him as a centre back. If we had totally no centre backs on the bench, I understand that decision. And it was baffling to see. And I think that a lot of the players, like Dembele, Dembele is played on the left, he played on the right, he's played behind. Just play him on the left side so he can cut in. It's like Anderson, you play him on the right. Like these, a lot of the players, like Billy, just play him in the middle, like what you said, Alan, to just be able to pass the ball and move it. Play James further forward because he can get you a goal. Play players in the correct positions, then you're more likely going to get something from the game. And that's what Spooner did. He played players in their correct positions and brought them on in the correct positions. And I think Mowbray will do the same. Not mm, like I, him. I think one of the, the key key strengths of any team is the spine. They talk about the spine of the team. Your two yeah. centre halves, your two midfield players, and your two up front. That's your spine. And if that's if that's good, mm. then the team will be good. Now yeah. We've messed about with that spine. So, you know, some, sometimes we've had to, um, but we've never had it. We've never had it settled. Now, uh, Lung was never going to play against Leeds because Rooney won't pick him. I know he was on the bench, but he was he was only there. I mean, it would have to been a disastrous thing for it to get him on. So he wasn't really. And, and as soon as he went back in, I'm looking. I'm thinking. As I say, it was like waking up from a bad dream. I remember this back four. They uh, played against the Albion, and Albion never got a look in. Uh, Simple. Yeah. Any, uh, Chris, any live questions coming in? Any for Tommy off any of our viewers? Or uh, I, I'm Not for Tommy at the moment, no, but it's, uh, it's, pretty, um, it's pretty lively. Yeah, uh, yeah. very um, lively. A lot of comments in and around. We're talking about strikers being needed at the club, but actually, uh, and one for everybody here, it's been asked, is this now the opportunity that Dixon has been waiting for? And do we think he will get more game time under Mowbray than he did under Rooney? Um, so I, I guess, you know, Mr. Meredith, being, being, being a coach of, of football, do you think it's time to give him give him a go? Do you think, uh, do you think that TM will do that? Listen, I think as soon as a new manager comes in, everybody has a clean slate. You know, so it, it won't just be Dixon that he's pushing. Um, you know, the the, the the forward line that we have now, and, and probably Tommy knows better as a player than I do, but everyone gets a clean shake. Everyone gets to prove it. He scored again today, I think, Dixon, from what I, I read. Yes, yeah. Um, everybody's calling for that chance. Now, I think you got to put him, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. I think you got to put him on the bench and get him around the squad a little bit first instead of just throwing him into... I suppose the deep end and and just you know getting him in maybe the the whole game in the replay maybe that's a chance of putting him That'd in from nothing. the start you know he does um, I certainly think Mobay is going to give him a chance to be in the in the squad I think that and you know his pedigree and and experience with young players I think um, would be 
So I think it will help that. What what gets me a little bit is obviously Rooney was one of the best strikers in in England. Um, what did he not see from Dixon, or did he not look? Because you know, we when we, we when the excitement of Rooney coming in was the fact that our forwards may work a little bit on the training ground with that. Now I've heard stories that Rooney wasn't at the training ground or whatever else, and that doesn't matter. But with the, this, what's the what what was stopping Dixon playing in those games? Um, but as I say, a fresh slate. If I'm, if I'm going in there now as the manager, I'm looking at everybody. I'm not just looking at you know the, the the players that have played over the last few weeks. I'm looking at everybody. I'm talking to the likes of Steve Spoon. I'm talking to the likes of Craig Gardner and people that have been around um, through Eustace and through Rooney's um, you know trade and stuff like that. And 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 then just making the best decisions of of what he sees. I think the the Swansea game on Saturday will be a little bit. You know, I don't think we'll see massive differences in regards to what we've seen on Saturday under Spoons. I think they're going to try to be quite safe. Um, why are adding in their little bits? But I think as the, the weeks go on, we'll certainly start to see the Mowbray style um, coming in. And, and hopefully um, he starts to, um, as Tommy said, he got two weeks of the transfer window in, uh, maybe bring a player in that he wants to bring in. And if not, look at the squad in depth and see what can help us for the rest of the season. Yeah, to, be honest, Mark, to, to be honest, Paul, sorry. Um, I mean, a lot of people, I'd, I'd say the majority are quite happy with that, that Tony's coming in, but there are still a, a minority, I'd say, who still think he's, you know, a dinosaur and stuck in the past. I mean, Tommy, what's your take? What's your message to them? Because I think it's a great appointment. No, I, like I said earlier, I agree. I think it is a really good appointment. I get when people talking about Steve Cooper, he, he's in the waiting for a Premier, Premier League job. So for me, Tony Mowbray, I, the whole world of football is astounded that Sunderland got rid of him. So for him to be able to come in as quickly as he has um, into Birmingham, where it's it's an area that he knows. Certainly, him and Mark have, have worked, you know, at West Brom and at Coventry. So he, he he gets the feeling. He's got a feeling for the for the the supporters. He's been in the stadium probably dozens of times as an opposition manager and player. For me, he's not a dinosaur. There is no dinosaurs. Now Neil Warnock's out of work. There's no dinosaurs left in football. <laughs> everybody, everybody has... There's more staff in a football club than there's ever been, whether it be on analysis, medical department, everything else. Tony has moved on. You, you think of him as, you know, I mentioned jokingly earlier on about him being, you know, quite a, a, a violent centre-back, but he was a good footballer as well, but that was overlooked because of his aggression. His teams play football and know how to win games. That's the most important thing. It's knowing how to win games with the tools that you've got. And uh, yeah. his, his tools are his, his players. So it's how he adapts his players to win football matches. I say every week. I'd say that the best place in the world for a footballer is a winning dressing room at like ten to five or ten past five. Now these days, with all of the extra extra minutes that they play, but it's the best place is a winning dressing room, and that's what he's got to find. He's got to find the ingredients to turn these players, with additions if there are to be any, into a successful winning team. It doesn't have to be every week because of everything that Blues have experienced over the last few months and, and longer, then 
anything's going to be an improvement. Yeah. I mean, sorry, Tommy, just going on back to my question and, 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 and I, I was just about to say then, um, so as a player, you've obviously experienced new managers coming in. What's the feeling of the players when they get a new guy coming through the door? You know, I, I saw, talked about a, a fresh slate for everybody. What, what's your feeling as a player when a new manager walks in? Well, there's two ways to look at it. Because if you're, you're either in the team and you're thinking, is he going to take me out of it? Or you're out of the team thinking, this is my chance. Yeah. So that, that it almost gives the, dre- the whole dressing room a lift. There's a lift in noise level, pre-training, during training, after training. And the most successful teams that I played in were really noisy dressing rooms because everybody's... And, and you, they're never always saying nice things to each other as well, Mark, as you well know. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, the teams that I won promotions in were the most honest dressing rooms. So if I, if I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing, I would be told. And I'd be told in no uncertain terms and within minutes. And I would be doing exactly the same to other players. And I think, yeah, I get it. It's a completely different era. And now the majority of the players that are playing now have come through an academy system that wraps kids in cotton wool. And that's why you don't see too many successful kids under the age of 23, 24. They develop later because they've been wrapped in cotton wool for so long. If you look back at my generation, there was... In every team, there'd be 19-year-olds in the first team, 18-year-olds in the first team. Now, it's every now and again, you get them. You know, I get that Birmingham have had perhaps three, that are the Bellinghams and then um, Jordan James coming into the team. That's, that's not the norm throughout the rest of the division. There's not too many young players playing in there. So no. I, I get that, but I just, I just think, I just have a feeling that, Tony's a good appointment because he won't he won't take any messing about. He's he's very there's no grey areas. He's black and white, and he wants success. No matter Can what, ask the he's represented. Tommy, just thinking about what you said, this might be a bit controversial. Would you reckon then Dixon should go out on loan for six months? He has to go out on loan for me, Claire. He has to. There's a huge difference between under twenty one football and first-team football. Because we talked earlier on about you, Juki, needing three chances to score a goal. In under-21s football, they get four or five chances in every game. So that's why the the ratio is perhaps slightly not not as real as it would be if it was first-team football. But for me, the younger the player is, if he's physically able to cope with first-team football, whether it's playing for... Leamington, Stratford Town, Walsall, it doesn't matter. Go and put them in a three o'clock kickoff. Because mm. kids, kids these days can get to 20 years old and they've never kicked off at three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, let mm. alone have supporters of their own and the opposition. Because sometimes for a young kid, that's the hardest thing. It's the nerves. It's yeah, easy mommy. to do on, to train. I forget that the goals are the same size, but on a training ground with nobody watching, we could all score goals. Mm. Yeah, that's crazy mm. when you put it like that, is it? They get to the <laughs> they've never kicked off at three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. When you think about it like that, it's quite mind blowing, really, isn't it? But um, I'm conscious of your time anyway, Tommy. I know you're only with us till seven thirty. But uh, somebody asked earlier. I think it was Dom Kavanagh. He was asking about your uh, memories of playing against. Nice, us in the- yeah. 
the 1990 playoff semi-final for for Watford, obviously when we played each other in 1999. I remember it well as a a 20-year-old at the time. What were your memories of the night? Uh, I've said it many times over the the years, as you know, Paul, the the atmosphere that night, obviously we played there and I think Watford, we we won 12 of the last 13 games to get into the playoffs. Very, very similar to as we did under Steve Bruce with Birmingham. We had a great late run. So then you've always got the momentum going into the playoffs. But uh, we won the first leg 1-0 at Vicarage Road and then came back and then Big Deals, who later became my teammate, scored after six minutes. And I genuinely, and I I said it then, I said it at the time, and I still say it now, I've never heard a noise in a football stadium like I did that night. It was a nice sunny night as well. It was was like a tropical night, if I remember. It, It was until that point for me Wearing yeah. a Watford shirt, I've got to be honest, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> if that's what it's going to be like with an equaliser, what's it going to be like if the score again? And now are we going to deal with it? But it was just—I mean, we were—we were very, very professional for the rest of the game. It was a boring game after that goal because we took the sting out of the game, and then obviously we won it on penalties. Yeah, but yeah. it was—it was—it was part of the reason why I came to the football club because I wanted yeah. to experience that. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Were you involved in this? Uh, uh, what's it? I can't remember the name. Sent it off now. The, the ex-Sheffield United. who sent off, wasn't he? Hold us. Oldsworth. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't you that he headed in the back of the head, was it? No, he, he's not. I mean, Dave's daft, but he's not that daft to head me. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, it wasn't. He was. He, he got sent off late on, but the game was the game was over then, wasn't it? I think maybe extra time to play or something like that. It was a bit early in extra time. I can't remember. Like you say, it took an awful lot of elbows. It was a good 20, 20, 20, 22 years ago. So. Another good one for you from Jason Hughes as well. Tommy scored twice for Blues against Watford soon after leaving them. Did he celebrate? And what does he think of players not celebrating against former teams? It's a great oh, one. No. I had eight fabulous years at, at Watford. And as you know, I've worked for them for the last four years doing the commentary for their games and their corporate. So I have a huge affection for Watford and I did at the time. I was bitter that they let me go when Bialy came in. By that time, during that game, I was grateful that I'd been able to leave on a Bosman and sign for Birmingham. So when I scored against Watford, it meant a lot. But the respect that I have for the club is don't put it in the faces of the supporters. And my first goal that night was right in front of the Watford supporters. 
<laughs> I turned away, but I celebrated my goal. I was paid to score goals. Mm. And scoring a goal for a striker is a relief. It's not... The, the, the euphoria is relief because you've done the job. Statistically, yeah. you've done your job. You, you might yeah. have a great game and do really well, get three assists, but you have, if you haven't scored, I was always disappointed. So yeah. in, in that respect, and it's a question that I've been asked many, many times, but never in the Watford Blues scenario, I, did, I was captain for the day. I was captain of Birmingham City. Of course, I'm going to celebrate my goal. But I wouldn't yeah. do it in front, right in front of the Watford supporters. I, I peeled away. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, when we had we had Robbo on a couple of weeks ago, and um, have you ever seen you've seen Gary Neville's podcast, haven't you? The overlap, and uh, towards the end of each episode, he does a quick quick fire questions for about thirty seconds. Um, and I've started to do it with our special guests myself. So uh, just very quickly for thirty seconds, favorite sport outside of football? Golf. First ever professional goal. For Scarborough against Hereford in League Two. Wow. Favourite holiday? Played for them as well. Goodness me. <laughs> There's not too many I haven't played for. I played till I was 38. Give me a break. For <laughs> <laughs> 38 different teams. Yeah. Favourite <laughs> holiday? Oh, Tommy? Uh, Val de Lobo. Where? Because of the golf. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Go to chocolate bar? I'm not a chocolate fan. I'd rather have a cheese pasty. Okay. Oh. Quickest play you've ever played with? Played with, um, oh, that's a tough one. That's that's a really tough one. I'd have to. Um, or against, if that's easier. Or against, against, yeah. against is either Sol Campbell or Thierry Henry. Wow. Yeah. Best and worst subjects at school. Best is maths. Believe it or not, I would have been I would have been an accountant if I wasn't a footballer. Yeah. Uh, worst would have been. History. Apart from what the obvious reason, which is fam- the obvious answer, which is family, what's the one thing you can't live without? Tilton um, Talk Show. <laughs> <laughs> and golf. Yeah, golf. Uh, Keeps me saying it's the only chance. Golf is the only t- the only the only place that I can win and lose, and I love yeah. winning. Yeah. Which manager would you have loved to have played for that you didn't? Um, Jurgen Klopp. Oh, good shout. Yeah. yeah, and last one, last minute penalty for your life. Who's taking it? Me. <laughs> <laughs> Great answer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There is loads more, but we'll leave, we'll leave it there and we'll move on with the show. But yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, quite yeah. like it. Yeah, it's good fun. Well, you want one more? Go on. What you yeah. got? Could have played with one player in football from all time. Would it be and why? Um, I'd like to have played with Harry Kane. Oh, yeah. Mm. I would have liked to technically a little bit better than Jeff Horsfield. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit better than Horsfield. But I think I think I'd have scored I might have got up into the thirties if I played alongside him. Yeah, oh yeah. He's just unreal, and he's absolutely amazing. What player? I'm so excited yeah. about the Euros, I really am. I think we've got such a you know, I say it every time, but I think really do think we are getting better and better at these tournament passes. Um but yeah, first football kit you wore and whose name was on the back? I, my dad was a massive Liverpool supporter. So, well, when I was a kid, there was no names on the back, but I had uh, I had several number seven Liverpool shirts because Daglish was oh, the daddy. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And um, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, best friend in football? Um, to be fair, there's a few, but I'll go back to me. My golf mate is Robbo. Yeah. Yeah. Great bloke. And he's a top man. Um, and biggest phobia, finally. Heights. Yeah. Same as me. Yeah. I'm the same. Anything yeah. <laughs> that I can't survive a fall from, I'm no good. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, how, how good is Robert at golf? Yeah, um, not the best, to be no. honest. <laughs> just, that's why he's one of your best mates. He's the, he's the only person that can take money off regularly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to clip that bit. Uh, <laughs> I mean, going back to sort of tradition and stuff, talk about the FA Cup. I mean, we're all excited tonight about the draw and so on. Were you like that as a player, or do you just see it as another game? Or how, how did you? Mm-hmm. No, I was brought up on. I, as a kid, obviously, I'm I'm from Middlesbrough. My dad was a Liverpool supporter, which I became a Liverpool supporter. It sounds daft, but it was cheaper for us to get to Wembley than it was to get to Liverpool. So I see more cup finals than I did league games because Liverpool in the eighties were always in the cup finals. So the FA Cup was a special day for me. And the FA Cup has always been a special fixture. You know, even now when I watch my son play in the FA Cup, I, I love it. There's something about the FA Cup. It doesn't, yeah. I get that some people feel like it's lost something, but then I think the majority of football has lost something because it's so diluted now. Mm. Whether it's this channel, that channel, this, this day, that day. You know, you, every every day of the week there's a game when it used to be Saturday at three o'clock. Mm. So for me, the FA Cup is still special. I get that the, the Carling Cup I played in two or the League Cup, whichever, whatever it's called. I, I played in two semi-finals of the of the Carling Cup, but I only got to a quarter-final of an FA Cup. So you know, the FA Cup is very special. No, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Did your dad fall out with you when you scored against Liverpool at Anfield for Watford? Um, <laughs> my dad had never fall out with me. He was my biggest supporter. But it was awkward. <laughs> <laughs> what's, the, what's, the st- what's the standout FA Cup final for you? Maybe not involving Liverpool. I was going to say not involving Blues, but, you know. Um, what's, the, what's the classic <laughs> for you? <laughs> um, Would you say the 87 one? Well, Coventry I one? went to... Ironically, I, I went to the 84 one, Everton v Watford. Uh, ah. And then turned out to make my living as a Watford player many, yeah. many years later. So that stands out to me. Um, but also the the Man United Everton one in the 80s. Oh, the 84, yeah. yeah where Whiteside scored the goal. After Whiteside, the yeah. Um, the Gerard, the Gerard, yeah, the Liverpool, Liverpool one. Arsenal, Millennium. Yeah. Mm. Only because I went on, obviously, we've all been there, haven't we? I'm presuming you were all at the playoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Course, yeah. It's a place we all know. So that one, the, the Millennium ones, yeah, man, I, I remember because I remember the day that we all had at the Millennium when we beat Norwich. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Last quick yeah. fire question. Last concert you attended? Concert? Uh, I can't, it, it, that long ago, I can't remember. It's pre COVID. So Robbo was the same as well. He couldn't remember. Oh, he couldn't remember. Yeah, I can't, can't remember. Went together. It was that bad. <laughs> <laughs> we better let you get off, mate, because you've got to go and do other duties, haven't you? So, uh, really appreciate you us tonight, Tommy. Thanks for your time, yes, mate. Yes, Tommy. Yeah, thanks, no Tommy. Thank you.
Catch up with you again soon. Thanks yeah. for your time. Thanks very much. He put, the good work, he put the good work on co-coms as well, mate. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you very much. Cheers. Cheers, Tommy. Cheers, Tommy. Bye now. Mark, Gaffer, where are we going? Uh, right, well, I was going to say, I mean, talking about the FA Cup again, who, do you think, who would you like if you go around the panel? Who, who would you like in the next round? Well, presuming we'll be all just... Oh, somebody, somebody beatable at home so we can get to the next round. Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, a lot of people... We've got to get past Hull first, but I want a nice, easy draw at home in the in the in the next round. I just want to get as far as we can, basically. Yeah. And, I mean, I'll take I'll take Maidstone yeah. at home. Yeah, I, I would, yeah. I'll yeah. say Maidstone away. It's only twenty miles from here. Uh -huh. Oh, yeah, fair as long as we don't get Blackburn away. Oh, uh, <laughs> that's all that I care about. Uh, if we're I'd, away, I'd love... make it a decent one. Do you mean? Yeah. Was that Spurs last... away? Spurs, Spurs away. Draw. Yeah, was the last draw but, but not wouldn't, the most disinterested one of all time? I mean, right. we yeah. couldn't have drawn right. anybody else that would have been more not exciting, you know. Uh, and, and the Black, Blackburn one last year was very similar. The then, only thing I said, I hope we don't do the same as we did against Blackburn. It was such but, a... Uh, yes, Maidstone, I can get in there. I can get there on the bus. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm, I mean... But he's, but he's, he's, saying, looking, he's, at Mo, looking at Mowbray's sort of philosophy, he does take the cups quite seriously. He's a bit really? of a business with that. So who knows? That's what he wants. There's yeah. a question coming, Mark, on, and I think we, we covered part of it off earlier. But uh, Warren was a starling and said, "What do the panel think about the pricing of the replay?" Um, I know we covered it early doors. Uh, to uh, me, I'll be honest. I still think it's too much. I'd I'd have lowered it to 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 Phil St Andrews, mm. um, and and you know perhaps that would have given us a step forwards. Twelve pound fifty for a season ticket holder. I know it's not a lot, but mm. we're not long after Christmas. I've got to the Saturday before. It, it's it's too much for me. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think, uh, it'll it'll depend on what who we're drawn against, who the who the possibilities are. Mm. Well, you know, if if we draw got a big name at home, and then people will turn up, a because they'll expect you know to be given given a ticket for the next game, uh, and it it makes the game more meaningful and more exciting, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. Hull I mean, did ten pound and five pound and a pound for kids. I think after everything we've been through over the last few months, especially at like you know, I know that I choose to go home and away. But you could have given us it for like even a fiver, just flat mm -hmm. out fiver adults, mm -hmm. pound kids. Let's mm -hmm. get them in. Let's make some money. You know, this is an extra game. This isn't anything. This is totally extra. Pack the ground. You know, will they open every stand? I don't know. Is it just going to be the Tilton and the car? Because sometimes they close the yeah. main stand. Yeah. So, you know, mm -hmm. you could have got kids in there. If you said a fiver for an adult, just done a flat fiver. Or mm. do you mean, or made it a five of a season ticket holder, seven pound fifty for adults? I don't know, but they've missed out on a real opportunity. Twelve pound fifty, and then fifteen pound if you're not. Would you spend fifteen pounds for Blues against Hull in a replay after yeah. everything? Gonna... Don't know. Well, what they I mean... have done. Twelve fifty for an adult. Bring a kid for free, right? Yeah. If you get, if you can't do five or a pound or ten or a pound, meet it in the middle because. It's it, you know, it, it's just that we've got to get that family side of things back. I agree though, in terms of the, the draw, 
if we were to get somebody that's half decent and it was going to be a home game, then we're going to get more people down there because everybody's going to suddenly go, oh, I've got to have a ticket stub to be able to go. Um, mm. So it, it, it could play into our favour, but we, sh we shouldn't be looking at it that way. We really, really shouldn't. And I agree. I think they've missed a trick. Can I ask? An, can I ask everybody on the panel and everybody you know watching? Can I ask an honest question? Would you like to play them lot up the road at this moment no. in time? No, no. no. The stuff playing well them lot up the road is horrendous. Just yeah, funny out there. No, thank you. No. <laughs> do you realise? Do you realise that that Saturday was the first time they'd won a cup tie in in nine attempts? And how lucky were they as well? Because and how lucky went off the bloke's backside. Yeah. And not only did he go off the backside, it curled. It started if the, the original shot would have gone five yards to the right, and this and the backside turned it like like a banana, and it just just went inside the goal. Yeah. I've just thought about that a little bit more actually. As long if we was at home against them, and now we've got Tony Mowbray as well, I don't know. Anything can happen. That, Anything I mean, can happen. How, how far do we think we're actually going to go? I mean, wouldn't you like to go out? Sort of well, go out with against, a against the Villa at Villa Park. Not Villa Park. If, no. we, if we was to do it, I don't want to go there. We want to play him. We want to play him down, down St Andrews, and uh, yeah, get a cheeky one nil. We got to get past Hull first. We couldn't beat them in the first. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> you mean? I know. I know. Well, we weren't. We weren't three up at half time Saturday. I don't know. We juke his other chance and Dembele in the bar, and you know it was. Uh, we should have been out of sight, shouldn't we? But unfortunately, we weren't, and we got to go again next week. But I do love the FA Cup as a as an event, though I do. Uh, I, I've never agreed semi-finals being at Wembley. I think that should be on normally grounds sure. like going off the yes. finals. And 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 we've got grounds big enough yes. as well. Yeah, Old Trafford we seventy five thousand. Yeah. yeah, Tottenham old sixty, Arsenal old sixty. Um, you know yeah. there, there are grounds available. Yeah. Um, I'm looking to keep looking Wembley to be, special. To have gone to Hills. I've got I've got I've got one one one. When we were talking about this lad Dixon, uh, something came to my mind. Joe Bellingham, had he stayed with us, was not guaranteed a spot in that first team, was he? He he struggled. To, he struggled. He had a couple of starts, but didn't didn't finish him uh, towards the end of the season. And when we sold him, there wasn't an outcry because we thought. Well, you know, he's 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 not like his brother. He's just okay. But Mowbray, uh, I think first two games he was on the bench, but came on, and he's been in the side ever since. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that if this lad Dixon, you know, has has a chance to do something, that he might. You know, it won't be. Oh well, yeah, we'll, we'll take care of him and all this nonsense. Stick him in if he's if he's good enough. Obviously, uh, whether his attitude will be like that. You know, he he was quite happy to do it with Joe. Uh, why not? Why not some of our lads? Mm. Yeah, maybe maybe do next Tuesday. What what have we got to lose now? Yeah. Do you mean yeah. like to be fair? Yeah. You know, we've got we have got to concentrate on the league. So if we do go out next week, it's not the end of the world. But it would be nice to see, you know, chuck him in. What what what's the worst that can happen? Or even have him on the bench and come on for the last fifteen. You know, we might be winning or whatever, and just give them the opportunities. There's so many of them, you know, that are doing really well for the under twenty threes, twenty ones, whatever. Um, 
I just think that give them a chance. I think Dixon could be on the bench. I would have had him on the bench on Tuesday, but I think that uh, um, Spooner went for experience because, you know, that he can... I know that Hogan's not firing at the moment, but you never know, he can get you a goal. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't forget what Mowbray did at West Brom as well with his, you know, he, he he brought in some really good signings at West Brom and he really strengthened their side. Um, I think... He actually won the league under him, didn't they? Yeah, they won the champ- yeah championship, They've yeah. Got, he, he's got an eye for a player because at the end of the... I know that they're talking about Job going to Sunderland and, and getting together with his ex-coach and everything else. But there still has to be the sway of the manager. So of course, yeah. He's, he would have been involved with those discussions. Mm. It's his decision to play Job. He has spotted that talent. He has given him the opportunity. So, you know, perhaps we will see some more kids, but I really do believe he's got, you know, some signings in him. And they're only going to be, they're only going to be loans. I can't see anybody yeah. coming permanent. I can't see any of our loans becoming permanent either to free up another loan. No, I can't. So I think we've only got that opportunity. And in this in this window, in a short window, it will give him a, a, a chance. The comments, by the way, on the board, since we're talking about pricing, everybody's agreeing really that five or ten pound would have been enough. But also, people are saying it's revenue into the club, so you know we mm. do need to to look at how that's done. But a general question then: if we go through to the fourth round, mm. um, would you keep the prices low to fill St Andrews? Or if it was a big boy coming into to the ground, would you up the prices back to as normal? Because for me, I'll say I'd keep them low to fill the stadium. Fifteen quid if we add someone higher. Doesn't that really depend on who we get? Premier League, they'll up them. You know, at the end of the day, the owners are there to make the money, and I think that regardless of how we would argue on how much it would be, if you got a Manchester City at home. You would sell out on the fact that it's Manchester City at home, regardless of the price. You know, we got the argument here right now, and I know the MLS is different, but uh, FC Dallas are playing a friendly um, next week against into Miami. So Messi's coming to town. The ticket prices are one hundred and thirty dollars, the cheapest ticket. Wow, three hundred dollars the high ticket yeah. in the Cotton Bowl for a friendly, and they'll sell that out in a day okay. yeah. because you go, Mark. You going? You going? I'm not going to pay those prices. No, I I, I watched him obviously uh, against Dallas yeah, yeah. earlier in the season, but I wouldn't I wouldn't pay the hundred and thirty dollars a ticket. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, if I if, if I got to go and and um, with somebody, I would go and watch it, but I wouldn't I wouldn't pay those prices. But but the argument is is that people will and there'll be sixty thousand people in that stadium because they're going to see one player, and and the fact is that they would still imagine be the same. Up, imagine, imagine if you pulled up in the warm up. I flew to Miami to watch the cup final three months ago. Lucky, obviously, I got a buddy that works at Miami, so it was almost free for tickets and stuff anyway, but he didn't play the game at all. You know, he, he wasn't in the, they didn't tell us, tell us he was in the squad till the day of the game. And, and you know, wow. so people flew there. I didn't fly for the fact of Messi playing. I flew to see my buddy and watch a game, but people were coming in from all over the, the country to watch Messi and he was told a couple of hours before he weren't playing. So um, that, that's the part, the, but the, uh, going back to it, I think whatever you charge, if it's a big premier league club, like the likes of Man City, um, Liverpool, 
you're going to sell out on the fact that fans, even not Birmingham fans, even just families in Birmingham that want to see the Marlins and the Salas and all that type of player, they're going to buy tickets on whatever price they are. So I think the owners see that and go, we can sell 30,000 tickets at 40 quid each and make a lot of money and revenue. The same as if we went to the Etihad or to Anfield, we'd get a percentage of that money back. So it's about making money for them. It's just not our season ticket holders that do it every week. I agree with that. I get that. I get that. But for example, so Paul, you know, when we're playing against like the Hulls and the Blackburns and things like that, they should be cheap because I'd rather pay, I'd rather have someone pay £10 a ticket than have an empty seat. That's where you're going to get your revenue. So this is an extra revenue stream. So when Mm. you get a replay, we didn't budget this as within the whole season. You don't go, oh yeah, that replay we're going to have because we're playing against Hull. This is extra. So actually... Have 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 a habit that's five pound or ten pound. Instead of having like ten thousand spare seats, you mm-hmm. might fill four thousand of them. Well, you've made profit like that straight away. And I think yeah. sometimes you've got to, you know, like you said, yeah. Do you know what? If we've got Liverpool and Man City, you will get other people that don't normally come. I get that, but sometimes you need to reward the fans that have been there all the way through. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So, but they could do that. £10 for Hull, a lot of people would never have gone if it wasn't £10. And to be fair, 1900 they got a good deal from us because if Rooney was still there, I reckon it would have been 1200 So actually, Mm. they made 700 just because Rooney left. So, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I totally agree. I think it'll be... It'll be you'll be hitting thirty quid a ticket if it's one of the top dogs or twenty five, but when it's a replay, you've got to go low. Get get the kids back involved. If they see a four nil win for Blues, they'll be like, "Oh, Dad, can I come back to that? Mum, can I come back to that?" Mm-hmm. Sometimes less, more, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Same price. I'm with. Sorry, Paul. I'm with Claire. Stick with the same prices as the the first leg. So if Hall was ten and five and a pound. Why can't we do that for the replays? It's fair on their fans traveling. They're not going to get many probably on a Tuesday night, but it's it's fair for everybody if you just stick with what the the original tie was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. I'm just thinking back now in my life so far of some of my best Blues <laughs> FA Cup memories, and there isn't many. I mean, for me, I'd have to say Liverpool in '95 um, at home mm-hmm. when I went to so being a 16 year old kid then and so seeing like. Seen the likes of Steve McManaman, yeah. Robbie Fowler, John Barnes, all them great yeah. players. Yeah. And that was, for me, that was Brown probably the first time. Yeah, that was probably the for me. First time for me, I probably saw genuine world-class players live uh, yeah. back then. Apart from, I, I went to watch England in 1990, sorry, but at St Andrews, that mm. was the first time I'd probably seen genuine world-class players. What about everybody else? And same to all our viewers as well. Obviously, I know we're all different ages and generations, but... What's our best FA Cup Blues memories? Well, we've been the opposite way around to that one, Paul. I, you know, uh, Birmingham, Liverpool, at Anfield. You, you, you mentioned it there, Mr. Meredith, the, the Ricky Otto goal. It that day was amazing, and it, it wasn't just being at Anfield. It was the sixty odd coaches that were going up the motorway in one big line. The fact that. They closed the exit to the motorway with the police to get us off so that we could get to the ground and us all being in there in one go. I mean, that I know it's a, it's Anfield, but that for me would be that that's the FA Cup game that I always remember. Um, well, and for the worst, actually, for the worst thing, I was at St Andrews against Kidderminster. 
Yeah. And it's not very often that that Oh, is that against Altrincham? And Altrincham. Mm. I clapped. I clapped Kidderminster off the pitch because on that day, they deserved it. And, you know, I'll never, never forget that. that that's the worst one. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Alan? What's your best Blues FA Cup memory? Uh, without doubt. Without <laughs> doubt. For lots of different reasons. Other, not just because we won. It was uh, Birmingham won Chelsea nil in 1968. Yeah. Fred Pickering got the winner. Uh, we were, I was stuck behind a Tilton goal. We were pounded by Chelsea fans who were finished up on the pitch uh, before the game started. And 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 it was, you know, a typical uh, Bromagium against the, the Cockney boys, you know, and that Chelsea side, Peter Rose, Good, Charlie Cook, you know, all the, all the posers on the planet, all in one team. And we absolutely hated them, uh, and and then we won one nil. Fortunately, that led to uh, the semi final at Villa Park against the Albion. Albion. We absolutely outplayed them and lost two nil. Yeah. And I lost my shoe. Sixty thousand people there. Crowd <laughs> went forward. Bloke st- stood on the t- toe of my shoe in order to keep me f- keep from falling over. I I released my foot at the shoe, and I never saw it again. Uh, and my my mother, where's your bloody shoe? <laughs> <laughs> that's soft for the Goonies, was there? No shoes on. Yeah. I think my dad come home with an extra shoe that night, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> and we were we were, on, we were on the halt end as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris, Chris yeah. Was your oh crikey, mum! It's got to be it's got to be the two visits to Hillsborough. Yeah. <laughs> got to be, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, semi-finals yeah, yeah. Yeah, coming, coming back on the specials some of us remember the, uh, the oh, special, special trains coming back on the specials at one o'clock in the morning and having to stand up because there's no seats yeah 40,000 Blues fans at Hillsborough I'm interested yeah. Claire what's yours um, I did enjoy going to uh, the West Ham when obviously their stadium was first out mm. um, I didn't enjoy afterwards when they threw coins the and horses that was that was entertaining in itself I think the funniest one was when we had Man City during Covid and yeah. I'll never forget Jonathan Lecco was like basically he ran through and we were like we could score with Jonathan Lecco could score against this Man City team and we just literally I thought we played so well on that day it reminded me a lot of the Huddersfield game um, at the weekend against Man City and I'll never mm. forget like there was a picture where we had like our goalkeeper, then all 10 players just basically being in a line going, come on then. But yeah, I do I do enjoy the FA Cup. I think it's lost a little bit of its glitz and glamour recently though. But, you know, it's always good when you get a, a little team in and, you know, even if Maidstone get like Chelsea away or something, do you know what I mean? Like that that would be like yeah. a dream. Yeah, you got the front of me at the moment. I'll go on then, Claire. Uh, Craig. Well, I'll shout out as we start. I'm a little bit of time. Oh, I've lost you. Go on. Daddy Mabbott's the person that's uh, doing doing the draw. Uh, there is a lady next to him, and I'll be honest, I don't know who that, that lady is. How long is it on, Craig? Yeah, it's on ITV. Mm. The one behind I've you. Got, I've got one here as well. Um, yeah, Newcastle away. I've forgotten about in 2007. 5-1. 5-1, yes. Yeah. It was a, it was like a Wednesday night, a replay, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember, she even a, 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 a Gotti scored as well. 
Remember Shearer in the studio beforehand? All, all oh, top. lovely. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was even, that was even better to watch afterwards on the telly. Yeah. I remember what you did. Yeah, Mark and everybody else. I actually did do a squad game or squad number game. Um, oh, yeah. I, I to see Nine whether minutes. you can get this one. Um, I see it as quite a tough thing. Right, so the squad is 2000 to 2001. Yeah. And I'm looking for squad number 18. 2000, 2001? 2000, 2001. Squad number 18. And then the second number is number 29. And I can tell you the number 29 was used three times that season. Number 18, twice. Oh, that's a big one. one. I think one of the 29s is Peter Atherton, isn't it? So one of the 29s is indeed Peter Atherton. AJ wore 19 as well, didn't he? 18, though, isn't it? 18, not 19. Oh, 18, sorry, yeah. I said 19, sorry. sorry. Yes, yes, you're right, though. AJ was 19. Uh, sorry, is, another, uh, is another one of the 29s Richard Edgehill as well? Oh, right, yeah. you're getting too good at this, Paul. <laughs> there was, yeah, there was, who was the other right back that we had that year? Right, um, we had like five right backs that season. Yeah, Jeff Whitley. Remember him? I thought who? he was putting his name forward and I was about to say, eh, eh. No, no. <laughs> I'm just trying to, uh, you know. What was he about to say then? Um, I can confirm that the other 29 was a defender, though. You are right. It was a defender. When, when Burroughs, was it? No, it wasn't Burroughs. So, first draw is Watford at home to Southampton. So, uh, Tommy is going to be a happy bunny. Mm. Mm. I'm, I'm slightly delayed behind you then because I'm... I'm yeah, going to yeah I am too. Um, yeah. Blackburn Rovers versus... Don't no. do it. Don't no, please it. not. It's got a two in there, but it is just two, and they are playing Wrexham, Blackburn versus Wrexham. Oh, I'd have loved Wrexham away. Imagine oh. Brady against Brady. Yeah. yeah. Number 18 in 2000, 2001. Yep. Come on, Mark. You're good at this in America. Gary, Gary Charles, wasn't it? So Gary Charles was number 19. Fuck's sake, I don't... <laughs> Next one, Bournemouth are at home to Swansea. Bournemouth are home to Swansea. Too late, sorry. <laughs> sorry, 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 Gaffer. We, we, we apologise if anyone was offended by anyone's <laughs> language there. Got <laughs> <laughs> where I was for a second. <laughs> West Brom have drawn at home to Brentford or Wolves. Oh. <laughs> Oh, your wolves are going for that game, aren't you? You're not you are just gonna go for it, Steve Jenkins. <laughs> That's a good shape. Steve is, yeah. Jenkins is not one of the number 18s. Oof. Not the other 29. Here we go. So, West Ham or Bristol are at home to Nottingham Forest or Blackpool. And in terms of the other 29, no. Good point from Nigel Man here. That proves that it's live, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, it indoors. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm not back next week, you'll know why. Huh? <laughs> You're on a one-match fan. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gents, Leicester City have drawn Hull City or Birmingham City. We're away to Leicester. Yes. Oh, oh I love that game. Power. 
That's yeah. not in bad, is it? It's mm. only down the road from here. Mm. Yeah, take that all day long. Really lovely stadium. We went there before COVID, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, I know, yeah. It was the last game before lockdown. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were unlucky as well. I wanted something a bit more winnable, that was all. Yeah. I'm not get past Hull yet, but I wanted something a bit more winnable than that, to be honest. Paul, it depends on what Leicester put out. Yeah, things happen. Leicester will put their third team out. Yeah. When was the last time we won at Leicester? When we had Forsell and Clinton Morrison Yeah, I think I was there that day. I think when Chelsea at home. To B6. Chelsea are playing B6 at oh. home. Oh, that's good. That's, that's good. good. Yeah. They can put the bus away for another year then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give you a few hints here because I haven't heard any of the names yet. I can tell you that both of the number 18s were midfielders. Jamie Burble. Initials of one of them starts <coughs> with a G. Jamie Pollock. Correct. Jamie Pollock. Pollock. Yeah. He scored the best own goal ever. <laughs> apart from, from Olaf Malberg, that was the best own goal ever. Oh. What we got left? One twenty nine. We got one twenty nine and one eighteen. You know Jamie Pollock. He brought me a point. You know. Don't talk Pollocks. No, seriously, he did. <laughs> Didn't the Aussie bar? <laughs> did it? Yeah, I was watching. Liverpool are playing Norwich or Bristol Rovers at home. Cameron oh, Jerome brought me. Cameron Jerome brought double vodka and lemonade. You forgot to ask uh, Tommy about, uh, you know, whether you had any memorabilia. Security oh, yeah. panda in here. He's, he's texting Security him layouts in here. <laughs> Does anyone remember? Does anyone remember? Sorry, Spurs are at home to Man City. Whoa. Ooh. Wow. So there is big. some big teams going out, and they're early on. Yeah. There's some mm. really big ones. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday are playing Coventry at Chef Wednesday. Ipswich have got Maidstone at Ipswich. I think I know the other 28, I think, maybe. 29, 29. 29. But well, go on. I know I might have played anymore. It's not going to What to do, Mark? Walk out the room and then walk back in again and see my Come back in. Come back in. <laughs> <laughs> what numbers was it again? 18 and 29. Well, 28 was Jimmy Haha anyway, but 29 I'll move on. Was 29 a midfielder? 28 was Jimmy Harhoff, but there is also one other 28. Is it oh, Trezor Lontala? No. Jack Williams? No. Mm. Uh, oh. Right, so the 29 that you're missing, the first initial is C. Uh, okay, just let, let you know, nobody on the socials is playing this because they haven't got a Scooby-Doo. I'm not clear what's going on. I'm not clear. Good girl, this is. I'm just right now. Is his name Carl? It is Carl, but what's his surname? Carl, the centre half. Carl, 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 Tyler. Tyler. Carl, 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 Tyler. Carl, Tyler. What so number that's was all it? of your 29s. So your final one is number 18. It's another midfielder. And he's, and he's, and what's the first letter of his first name? S. S. Sonny Parker. No. Um, Steve Robinson. Steve Robinson. Correct. Good show, wow. Mark. Great, great knowledge at the end of it. Great knowledge at the end. Mm. He, 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 he was 15, but he was changing the number. 
Yes, well done, Mark. Yeah, there was some other bloke claiming to be you two minutes ago sitting there. I don't know who it was. I know, oh, yeah, he must have got up and come back. He's left. He swears a lot him. He's gone. He's <laughs> <laughs> done 28. You mentioned Jimmy Harhoff, but who was the other 28? You're asking me now. Yeah, that's the game. Yeah, yeah. We're asking you, Mark, didn't it? You know. Joey Hutchinson. Who it was Joey Hutchinson? Hey. Oh, Rob. Where did he get the from? Rob, are you Googling? No, so I had to Google everyone. Well, yes. He texts me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking of, I was thinking around the midfield. He's got Alexa search on behind him on the screen. Whenever we say anything, it comes up on his screen. He's sitting there all smiling, <laughs> looking at the answer. Nah. <laughs> Don't know what you mean, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Nigel Manners said, Mr. Meredith, yeah. are you okay? You've been forgetting things and swearing. So we think we need to sign you into rehab. Break. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mark, you that's uh, that's the end of the show. Are you happy with that draw then, Lester away, yeah? If we win against Hull. Yeah, at least it's not a three hour journey, it's an hour, so I'll take that. True. And it's a nice ground as well, to be fair. I don't expect anything, but no. also it might it's be nice the around the green. It's a decent one to go to. And I think they'll give us a lot of tickets as well. I think we could yes. take get about five out. Yeah. We'll get loads. The pubs are great down there as well. I remember it from before. The magic of the cup, eh? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Ma- magic so- of having friends. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Chris, you was wrapping up then, mate. Carry on. Yeah, it's, well, it's, I'm not wrapping up. Mark's wrapping up. He's the... Well, that brings that brings the the uh, the conclusion of Monday night's Tilt and Talk Show. Um I'd like to thank everybody for watching, for listening, for joining in. Uh, it's been a great show. Um, and I think I'd like to say uh, good night first to um, Paul. Paul Ipkiss, good evening. Yeah, it's good night from me. And thank you to Tommy Mooney for joining us tonight as well. But it's good night from me and it's good night from Mark Meredith. Good night from me and it's a good night from Craig Courtney. It's a, it's a good night from me and it's a good night from... Oh, who do I go to next? Yeah, let's be nice and go to the ladies. So, Chris Brown. And it's a good night from me. And it's a good night from Claire. And it's a good night from me and saving the best till last. Good night from Alan. Good night, everybody. And I think I'm the last one up front. <laughs> good are. night to everybody else. God bless. Keep right on up the Tony Mowbray. Three points Saturday. Two nil Saturday. We need, yes. a, we need, we need a Tony Mowbray song. Sure. <laughs> It's a really good Sunderland one we can spoil. Yeah, that that works, fair. The real Mark Meredith will be back next week, I promise you. (laughs) It's like an Eminem song, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking that. Can the real Mark Meredith please stand up? I'm not swear. I'm not swear. I'll be in detention. (laughs) Miss Brown, can we sack the host? (laughs) Sorry about that. Right, job, good boy. job, boy. Yeah. Not a bad job. So if we beat, um, if we beat Hull, then we need to move. We don't move. We'll beat Hull. Yeah. We'll beat Hull. Oh, well, you never know. You never know. Right, it's wine said, good night, everybody. Sweet dreams and don't let the beast six bed books bite. Bye-bye. <laughs>
Pablo Mooney had to leave at half seven to go and look for a good goal scoring left winger. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, have you got any friends yet? I'm working on it, but I keep saying every week, this is my year. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. We love our pets, but when the floor is covered in fur, that's harder to love. Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has powerful 8,000 PA suction to make hair vanish from floors in just one pass. Plus, the roller brush has automatic detangling for easy hands-free maintenance. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.